Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of the There is a Flood Light That Never Goes Out podcast. As ever, I'm joined by Will and Tom. How are we guys? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Ed. Good news. And, uh, well, we're going to be reacting to what I think we can all describe as a victory for the sport of football, and that is the collapse of any proposals for a European Super League. Tom, mm. what are your initial thoughts on this? Initial thoughts when I saw the news come in on Tuesday night was just one of relief, really. I honestly, like, I, I spoke about it on two podcasts, one on, on, on their only podcast only and one on YouTube, but it was literally, it felt like, it felt like the game was being taken from me and everything that, like, I put my life into and then you get told it's not happening and Ed Woodward's resigned <laughs> and it's like, it's the most euphoric feeling in the world. But then the inner cynics sort of uh, in me, and obviously I can get onto that later in in the podcast about the cynicism. But yeah, at first I think I'm just very relieved at the minute. Yeah, definitely. Will. Yeah, I I like to echo Tom's words, but I think for me it was more. I did believe that you know if fans showed enough resistance, they might be able to get some kind of change, but I just didn't expect it to be so soon. You know, I was thinking this was going to be like, it might even take place and almost fail after a season or so of it happening. I thought it would get to that stage. But, you know, I don't want to say they've listened to the fans because I don't really think they have. I think they've just been forced into a decision, but in a way, knowing that if they went ahead with it, it just wouldn't work as opposed to them listening to the fans. I don't really think that's the case. And I, I also think that UEFA have been able to sort of offer them money which they hadn't been able to before. Um, and they've, they've kind of, you know, they've, they've not come off poorly, let's say. I think, you know, it'd be unfair to say that these clubs are almost doing it just for the fans. Like, I think they're, they have got some kind of financial gain from all this. But at the end of the day, you know, as people were saying, we've got our game back. Um, and the thing that we were so against has disappeared, you know, just as quickly as it came about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the money there. I think it's highlighted that UEFA have four billion euros uh, that they can, you know, spend basically. So that's the positive. Admit was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and again, you know, we talked about this on the podcast when we were speaking about the Super League before and. You know, we can't be referring to UEFA as the good guys because it's two bad guys here. Um, mm. For me, it's really highlighted the fragility um, at the top of these big, what we thought were invincible clubs and how actually the power of fan action isn't, you know, it hasn't dissipated and, and it's yeah. still something that we can really harness. And I think, you know, this is a milestone. I don't think just for, not just for football, just for any sport really about how, a whole fan base, you know, that's not normally so divided, uh, you know, with with club allegiances, can come together and stop something for the greater good. And I really hope now this is the catalyst for the start of, you know, pressure for a fifty plus one rule for maybe wage caps, you know, transfer caps, you know, all this sort of thing to make the game more a profitable and sustainable, you know, um, and secondly, just make it a, a fairer, more level playing field. Really, um, yeah. You know, Tom, you talked about cynicism there. Let's get on to sort of what what next for the for the big six. You know, we'll talk about yeah. here. Um, for me personally, I'm looking at 
points deductions. I'm looking at possible relegation. I'm looking at uh, you know transfer bans, European bans, an absolute cert. I think you've got to ban them from Europe because they want to leave Europe. They wanted to leave Europe, and like Will said, yeah. it isn't like they've caved into the fans. Really, it's because their own pride's been hurt, and that's what comes first. Um, mm. But it doesn't look like it's going to be any of that. And for me, this is the worst outcome possible. And unfortunately, it looks like it might happen. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I agree with your principle, Ed, but I'm, I mean, I disagree with you a little bit in the sense that this is the worst thing that could have happened. I don't, I don't think um, this is a bad scenario we find ourselves in. I mean, if UEFA were to punish English clubs and ban them from Europe, or at least these uh, the greedy six, I don't think it'd really do anything because next season they'd just be back in Europe or the season yeah. after that. So I don't think that does anything. Um, if the Premier League were to give out points deductions and as it stands, you know, it'd see Arsenal and Tottenham relegated, wouldn't it, if they got, you know, points deduction. Once again, I don't think it'd do anything because them two would just piss the championship next season and yeah. it removes a lot of sporting competitiveness from England's second tier if you do that. Um, I think it's a real challenge now. What do you do to punish these clubs in a way that um, isn't harmful for the pyramid? Hmm. Um, it's a hard one. It's a very hard one. I don't agree with the sentiment that, oh, the players and the fans haven't done anything wrong because, you know, look at Wigan. Exactly. Season. They, finished, they, they finished 13th in the championship and although it benefited Barnsley, they, that was literally because of the actions of Stanley Choi nobody else yeah um, so i don't agree with that sentiment but i don't agree with yours either it's a really hard one <laughs> and like i said i think i think we need to find a solution to this um i don't know what that solution is maybe it's an idea of financial punishment so maybe you put a transfer cap on the greedy six for example and say right um, net spend of what, whatever the average net spend of the Premiership is, you've got to remain below that for the next three seasons, which hopefully would allow the Premiership clubs around them uh, to try and get on a, a level playing field with them or an equal playing field. Um, but it's very hard. And I said, like, my, my cynicism, the inner cynic in me is going, you know, the, the fan power, yeah, it's done a lot. The broadcasters who put pressure on them, like Sky and BT, yeah, that's that's done a fair bit. But like you said, that four billion uh, euros, what UEFA never admitted to having, has done probably more than the other two factors have. And all we're seeing now is this Swiss model in U that UEFA agreed to on Monday, I believe, coming in in 2024, which still allows for legacy clubs, aka Tottenham and Arsenal, to qualify for the Champions League, even if they didn't do so um, on on football in merit. So it's it's not a it's not a victory for um fans just yet um i think it's it's the way i'd phrase it, it's probably we've won the battle now you know let's go win the war yeah i think I, that's a very good way to sum it up um like like you say it's very difficult in what action you take against these clubs um because i think punishing the club as a whole perhaps you could say is a little unfair because I think, you know, we, we saw with like Liverpool last night with the team taking a stand on social media. Um, I think it would in a way be harsh to punish the team um, because, you know, 
it does sound like a lot of the players were left in the dark about this whole thing. Um, and, you know, ultimately, it's them, the players who dream of playing in the Champions League, etc. You know, it's just a financial bonus for the, for the owners. Um, so, I think if there's going to be a punishment for me, it has to be financial. Whether, like you say, that's sort of transfer caps or whether it's just straight up fines. I think it has to be these owners who have ultimately, you know, put the clubs into this position. I think it's them who have to pay the price. Yeah, I feel that for me personally, fines are ineffectual. Um, and, you know, this thing about, you know, we can't hold the big six as, as this sort of, you know, god gods of English football. But then we're doing it, you know, people are doing it right now saying, well, you can't punish the fans. I'm sorry, but, yeah. you know, I'm speaking about Wednesday. You know, we didn't choose for Dave Ponchan's theory to, you know, yeah. not, you know, break FFP, and we're being punished for it. Look at, like I said, Wigan, Bolton. Yeah. The list goes on and on and on of these clubs that, for some reason, it's a bit different, though. I'd say. I'd, I, mean... I disagree. I disagree because, I, I understand the sentiment that you know, um, this was completely out of the the realms and, and out of the. Um, sort of hands of the players of the top six but so was mm. all these owners choices yeah at lower low low down mm. the football pyramid but um, would it sorry Ed, would it not be hypocritical to have protested to keep these clubs in english football to then just boot yeah. them out of the leagues into lower leagues would that not be in a way sense. doing the same thing i, I understand your point there um but for me, I'm obviously booting them down the low leagues. You know, I'd suggest maybe a thirty point points deduction. You know, um, mm. so it wouldn't be like you know you're in League Two sort of thing, because mm. that would be completely out, out of proportion and um, and ridiculous, quite frankly. Um, but I think for me, it's about sending that real clear message of you don't dare do this again. Okay. Um, but, but with the yeah. money behind them, I just like Tom said, I think they'll just piss the league and they'll just. You know, you're taking opportunities from other championship clubs of getting back up. They'll come straight back up and get into the same position all over again. And for me, there's been no real lasting effect there. Whereas Um, a financial cap of some sort, that's, you know, they have to work with that. You know, when we saw the transfer ban at Chelsea, it didn't destroy the club, but it certainly made him difficult and made them use his young talent, which, if anything, might have been a bonus. Yeah, I mean, a point deduction is the extreme. You know, let me make that clear. But for me, on the on, on the other side, you know, is is a fine, which I like. To, I feel that's ineffectual. Um, you know, you talked about winning the battle, and now we need to win the war, Tom. The war, yeah. you know, winning the war is getting these owners out of the clubs. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's it, as simple as that. Because you get those top six out, it's so much easier to implement a fifty plus one rule without those top six. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that's the end goal. Like I said, though, we cannot let this slide. I mean, um, UEFA, they've said, you know, they welcomed Man City back with open arms. Sent that completely the wrong message. You know, yeah. I, th- I think we can all be in agreement that this is not the last time we will hear of the Super League. It might be the last time we hear of the Super League in this form, but there's no doubt, you know, the Glazers, Cronkett, all of them, there's no doubt they've gone, you know, Perez, he's sat back now. No way Perez has just thought, OK, yeah, I got that wrong that one wrong mm-hmm. the guy's got no morals he's going to be sit there scheming thinking right plan a didn't work i've got b c d e f to go through 
Yeah. You know, let's just tick them off by one by one, and in the end, I will get what I want, which is you know money at the end of the day. Um, and you bang on with that. I mean, we can see in Joel Glazer's open letter to Manchester United fans. We believe there is still problems with European football and we will look to change them in whatever way benefits the club best. Now, to me, that sounds like they're still going to be planning for a breakaway league. Um, That's just the way it sounds to me. And you're right, Ed, with Perez. Listen, there's no doubt about it. This This wasn't a threat. They were genuinely going to do a Super League. This wasn't to get UEFA to cave in. This time, it was genuinely going to happen. But in the process of doing so, El Madrid's 900 million euros debt could well be cut uh, cut a third um, by UEFA. They're not offering financial relief as of yet, but I've got no doubt about it that there's a chance that they will. Um, I just want, I do want to go back a little bit, sort of, in the conversation in terms of the um, the points deduction um, argument, and that's. These clubs haven't actually done anything that damages English football in any way apart from the reputation and obviously the two days of turmoil what it caused. Now, you could argue, yes, these plans were announced, but because nothing actually ever went through and there was no financial benefit to them uh, joining the Super League because it wasn't like JP Morgan gave them the $300 dollar stimulus on signing the contract it would have to a game would have had to have been played so you could argue that it was only plans um, and they should only be punished for these plans which is probably why i'm more in agreement with will's point um in the sense of it, it probably should be transfer caps um or transfer bans mm-hmm. um very fair yeah, point that, that, that. but that, that, that's my, that's my argument on that yeah i mean that's where the quality of lawyer will come in because you know I'm by no means no law ex- uh, expert, but you'd imagine that what that argument about you know the um, legality of their intentions um, and the certainty of their intentions would come down to that. So you know, suppose document that Perez keeps banging on about about you know is it binding? Is it not? I mean, he's just he's a barefaced liar. So let's face it, it yeah. probably isn't. Yeah, he is. Um, and like I said, it's very hard to legally justify a point deduction of such ilk, but. Um, this is sort of an emotive reaction and you know it's all about deterrence um to stop them doing it in the future you know the reality is and i'm I'm more than aware that this is a, a pipe dream and that um you probably have very little legal grounds to um and, and concrete evidence to support such a such a claim uh, uh you know that's the issue yeah i mean uh, and I'm s- sorry Tom. Well. i mean when you were saying ed about the likes of Wigan, Bolton, etc. Well, I, I completely understand your point. In it's n- again nothing to do with the fans. It's not their fault. The club as a whole, there, they, you know, whether it was the owner or whatever, they did, they did something wrong. Um, in this circumstance, while morally it's not looked upon very well at all, the clubs haven't actually done anything wrong here. Like, I, what, I disagree. But what, to sort of bring in a political point to this which i'm sure will probably hit about five people who listen to this but it's like the cameron and greensill situation at the minute yeah there's no lobbying um mm-hmm. there's no lobbying law which says david cameron can't lobby for greensill and yeah. it's, it's just, just morally wrong extreme, isn't it? it's, it's morally incorrect and you know ex-prime ministers aren't expected to do things like that just as the big six are in a position of power in english football where we expect them as fans 
and as custod uh, and for the owners as custodians of the clubs we love to do to always act in the best interest of the fans rather than their own pockets. So that's the problem, isn't it? At what point do you go? We're going to punish you for doing something morally wrong. Yeah. And then do you look across English football and go right? There's a point seduction for Derby. You sold your stadium to yourselves. That's morally incorrect. And it's sad because these clubs need repercussions. What would what would the word be? The domino effect of this yeah. could be huge across Europe. And UEFA aren't going to hand out European bans. Sadly, they haven't lobbied so hard for these clubs to come back into the the UEFA picture just to say right, you're not allowed in. Mm-hmm. It would hurt their product. And sadly, it's it's all about money with with these um, with these bureaucratic um, idiots. Yeah, yeah. But then then it comes back to the thing though, isn't it? You know, they've won. Yeah, they've won. They haven't won as well as they'd like to, but at the end of the day, they've still won. And that's the cynic it, in me. Well, <laughs> it, it's not even the cynic in me. It's just how I truly feel, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it, this is the thing. I, I strongly feel on this, you've got to take a hard line. Um, but like I said, you know, they have the best lawyers in the world. So the reality is that it will get brushed under a carpet. And they'll go back to bullying the other 14 clubs in the Premier League. That's a very big carpet, that, by the way. But I'm sure they'll source yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah. fan feeling and resentment will not yeah. dissipate until those 100%. six owners are out of their respective clubs. But in terms of on the pitch, off the pitch, they will go about as normal business resumed. And that's the problem. It can't, for me, it cannot be allowed to do that. It, it yeah. might be a bit extreme. You might think, whoa, okay, all these fans are being punished. You know, I'm not being harsh here, but tough shit. Because yeah. so, so many other fans in the English football pyramid have had their owners screw them over against their own will, protest about it, against their own will, and the owners continue to proceed with what they're doing. And then, you know, quite rightly, a punishment comes. You well, know? That's, a, that, that's another question. This is the question I want to pose to you and Will now, which is, A, can you envisage these owners leaving, you know, the likes of the Glazers, sorry, Kroenke and FSG? And B, is it realistic for these uh, owners to leave? I mean, we've already seen a little bit of collateral with, with Ed Woodward and uh, there's rumours, isn't there, uh, uh, surrounding Agnelli at uh, Juve. But lads, can you see these owners leaving? No. I, I mean, I'll just go first. I think, no, I can't see them leaving. I think the thing with Ed Woodward is I think this has just opened up. I, I think it, what with what I've read, I personally think he was planning on leaving at the end of the season anyway. And That's I what think, the rumors are, aren't they? I think Man United have just used this as a, oh, shit, we need to do something. Here, we'll announce this <laughs> four months earlier. I, I honestly think that's what that is. I, I don't think that's any response to this whole situation. Because if they were reacting off his behavior etc i think it would have gone a long time ago um, very true and with the other owners I, I just can't see him going you know these are these aren't just businessmen these are multi-billion pound enterprises they're not just going to leave because of a bit of controversy from some bloke standing outside Stamford bridge like i i just don't think i just can't see it happening um i think all these clubs have faced controversy and they showed no sh- no signs of shifting before, and I can't see him moving now. Uh, yeah, for, for me, Abramovich will definitely stay. Um, obviously, Sheikh Mansour will stay. Um, FSG, I really hope for the people of Liverpool, 
um, obviously the red half that, that, that they leave. But, you know, these American owners, they have no shame, as we've learned. You know, their ego is, is are too big to ever get dented enough. Um, I think it's going to see, you know, it's going to take a lot more fan protests, fan action to see before we start to really see any possible signs of, of them selling up. And, you know, like, like you said, Wilkie, we've only won a battle and, we, you know, we're not going to win the war until they go. And if, if they don't go, then all this was for nothing, in my opinion, because we'll be sat here in two, five, ten, fifteen years' time. And, you know, you know, Twitter will have its mad day again, mad two days. Yeah. And yeah. and then we'll see what happens. And I think that next time they'll have learnt from this, you know, they'll have got invaluable experience of, A, how not to handle it, B, how to go about handling it next time, what worked, what didn't work. Um, yeah, how you get the fans on side. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then there's no stopping it because yeah. football is is unsustainable. This hasn't changed. This is only ex- this only exacerbated it because, they, like I said, they've got they're going to get even more funding from UEFA, so it's been even more unsustainable. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. a, a fairy godmother's waved a wand and all of a sudden football's fixed again. No, yeah. Yeah, um, it'd be very so, naive to look at it like that. Yeah, the, these necessary. these questions are still there to be answered. And yeah, it's literally it's necessary evils like. We're saying we don't want a Super League. Oh, yeah, but you're going to have to go get back into bed with UEFA. You know, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's just say, allegedly, I don't want to end up on the end of some court case here, but... It's just <laughs> listen, no I don't know, there's some litigious people out there. Um, <laughs> um, listen, we might, we might end up on... There's been allegations in the past of corruption, hasn't there, within UEFA? Really? Um, <laughs> You'd have never guessed. <laughs> and, um, look, let's just say, yeah, it's probably lesser of two evils, but it certainly is two evils, and we're not, we're not uh, the type of football fan to go, right, well, that's uh, Super League over. Let's get yeah. back to uh, ignoring I... all these terrible people and terrible think... job they're doing over in the sport. I think UEFA are lucky that they're old. The most valuable asset in football, which is the Champions League, you yeah. Because if it wasn't yeah. for the Champions League, we would have been away for off a long time ago. Because, like you say, there's, you know, allegedly they uh, they're a bit corrupt. Um, but it just so happens that the Champions League is brilliant, and fans love it, and will continue to love it. Yeah, but it's not it's not going to be brilliant though for much longer with the Swiss model. Is it? Is it something like eighty games to will it down to sixteen teams or something? You know, like from that. what I God, from it? what I can gather, each team is guaranteed ten fixtures. Yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous. And if you were to win every Champions League fixture, I think you'd need to win fourteen games in the Champions League a season. That's ridiculous, that's, isn't it? And that's I just don't understand. That's from eight to fourteen. I don't. I, I this is you know, I might be wrong here, but I don't think I've ever really met a football fan. Who said, "Ah, oh, I don't like the fuck, like the way the Champions League's run." No, I, yeah, I, I never yeah, met anyone. Right. It always works. Like, I, I just don't, I don't understand what's wrong with it at all. I don't understand who's calling for like changing the Champions League. And Glazers, people. Oh you know, well, yeah, yeah, money owners. That's the problem. It's all money, isn't it? Well, that's I mean, it. for me, they get more games out of them. That's more TV yeah. revenue coming in, and it's as simple as that, isn't it? Like I say, I'm no economist or anything, but. The more games to play, the more TV money there is, the more money these these clubs are getting, and it's annoying that it's come to a stage where 
money is money is the talking factor and but that's I life think, flush, I think, isn't I think, it? yeah we've gone too far like there's no that's not going to change anytime soon yeah i mean if, if i could redesign the champions league tomorrow i'd just make it completely knockout based thing because you know and you'd put wednesday in it uh, <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> of course we'd have to be there but no no it's in all seriousness because the knockout stage is when it gets really interesting and you know the European competitions yeah, right. are there for one purpose in the eyes of fans, and that's to provide top quality entertainment. And, yeah. you know, the, the games in the Champions League are some of the best games football's ever experienced. Even in just the past five years, unbelievable mm-hmm. games. Yeah. And you, yeah. the knockout, and what gives that that edge is the knockout aspect of it. Um, now, of course, it's never going to happen because if you've got first round then and you're a big club, A, you've you know, humiliate, been humiliated, and B, you've missed out on loads of money. But, you know, from a fan's perspective, that would be what I would do. And just something I do want to say is, I saw, I think it was Rory Jennings tweeted yesterday. Um, yeah. Just just to remind you all, Chelsea fans have just saved football. And it, it really boiled my piss. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, you're right. You know, no, you haven't. It, it, was, it just happened to be you that was playing that night. You know, Liverpool and Leeds fans protested the night before. You know, it just happens for you. Just because you got fogged down and fogged in there, you know, don't try and turn this into something it's not. Okay. This is uh, the thing. Football fans can only be united for so long. And you just knew this was going to happen. You knew the set of fans that would be the straw that broke the camel's back would go, it was all us. Yeah, it was always boys. It was all the Chelsea. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we stopped the Super League. Yeah. Well, I like, just, I like how it wasn't. went from all football fans uniting to 10 minutes later, well, Chelsea just, yeah, we saved it, didn't we? Like, you know, <laughs> but I'm you sorry, I'm sorry. Chelsea saved it, it. If you're a director at one of these clubs or an owner, that's got, you know, that's a little fly in the water. Yeah. You really thing, think the yeah. FSG lads were sat there and shit, dog dens outside <laughs> Stamford Bridge, lads. <laughs> like, like, in the bus. Because the announcement came out during the protest, like, this isn't an announcement that would have been rattled off in 10 minutes. This took hours, okay? beforehand so um yeah i mean it's chelsea the chelsea fans aren't they so you know they're deluded for a start and they've got this false sense of entitlement but yeah that, that was just you know it, it was a momentous day for football the day where everyone had come together yeah and then you had chelsea fans trying to make it yeah. all about them don't, don't get me wrong i'm not knocking what they were doing i think oh not all it's like fair place them, and it was brilliant it was but brilliant but at the end of the day these clubs haven't sat there and gone uh, the fans are a bit upset. Let's you know scrap it. They've scrapped it because UEFA have said, look, you know we can offer you a similar financial gain yeah. by sticking with us, and they've gone, well, all right, we'll do that then. Yeah. Just on the the fickleness of football fans in general, um, I saw the limbs of when it was announced. That was almost like they were celebrating their clubs pulling out. This shouldn't have been a celebration. It should have been a condemnation. Exactly. Um, yeah. And secondly, on that. These fans who are saying Glazers out, these fans who are saying Cronky out, these fans who are saying FSG out, when Liverpool in the summer go out and maybe, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but if Liverpool in the summer go sign Mbappe and Man United go out and sign Jadon Sancho and Arsenal go out and sign Jack Grealish, it'll all be forgotten. It's the same thing with Manchester so, City. If they weren't taken over, they like they would probably be fighting for the lives somewhere in the Premier League, if not in the Championship. Like... It's all it's all good wanting money in football when it's working for you when you're buying all these good players. But as soon as the billionaires 
start trying to make more money for themselves and you go whoa 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 you can't do that like that football's got to a stage where they they are in full control and you almost got to accept that and we're lucky that this time we've got away with it um yeah yeah i mean you highlight next time sky time Sky will have a broadcasting deal set up (laughs) before it's announced and sky won't be able to uh, protest against it as vocally because we'll be the ones making money yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, two things. Number one, Will, you highlighted the issue there. Um, we've got to accept that these people are in sole charge. You're completely right there, but we don't have, you know, we don't have to. And this is why the 50 plus one rule, I know I keep banging on about it. But there's, we've got yeah. to an irreversible stage now where fans of the top six clubs, quite rightly and fairly, expect a level of talent and a level of success that's mm-hmm. incompatible without, with, with, um, incompatible with having different owners, if you get what I mean. Um, if they were to have fan ownership, they would have to, in my opinion, you know, reduce their expectations from their club, and that would take a hit of pride. And I'm not sure half of them are actually willing to do that in the long run. Yeah. Um, and 100%. secondly, think about Sky. I mean, there are a lot of variables, you know, that had things gone differently over the past uh, couple of days, we would be sat here, and the European Super League would be going ahead. And you hit the nail on the head yeah. with the, the the broadcasting one. You know, in my opinion, the Euro- European Super League dropped a real clangor not going after Sky and BT um, mm-hmm. and going after yeah. DAZN yeah. and stuff because yeah. that was a complete abandonment of European football because, you know, Sky is is the place for football and he's shown all over Europe and all over the world, really. DAZN, I don't know one person who has DAZN. Well, but it's, it's an American thing, isn't it? It's it not, is. It's not really... you. Yeah. It's a... You- it's a UK-based company that doesn't operate in the UK, which is a bit odd, but that's because Sky and BT dominate the market. So they've been clever and thought, well, there's no point trying to fight with these. We'll go elsewhere. And they've been successful. And like you say, Super League went wrong not getting Sky or BT on side because, you know, just with that one Monday night football show showed how much influence someone like Sky has. Yeah, yeah. And you're right, both of you. And with the with the whole situation with the broadcasting rights, the zone. Um, I'm sorry, we might have escaped zone this time, but the zone are going to be taking over in the UK. Oh, I mean, yeah, they, they Matchrooms Matchrooms contract with Sky is up soon, so that's that'll be the Matchroom stable moving over over to the zone, which in layman's terms is you know all of Eddie Hearn's fighters. Um, and then we will see. I think next time the Premiership uh, broadcasting rights are up. I think the zone will get a third of them. Rise we'll of Amazon the as well. Rise of yeah. Another American-based company. Champions League. And I think this this whole situation, as much as, like I said, we might have won one battle, there's, there's plenty more to come in football. And I'm sorry, but fan power's huge. Like in, you can never underestimate fan power. But there's only so much fan power in the world. And at what point do we... There's just certain things that have happened and they're too far gone. And as much as I'd love to see the Glazers driven out of Manchester United and Cronky and his son driven out of Arsenal and John W. Henry driven out of Anfield, um, it love it to happen, but I just can't see it. There's only like there's, there's probably six or seven people in the world who can afford to buy Manchester United. Yeah. So. How can we expect that one major event's going to drive these these lunatics out of football? 
Blazers have never put a penny into Manchester United. The amount of money they make out of that club in dividends is, in dividends is obscene whilst when you look at the amount of debt the club's in. Yeah. So to think that these people have a moral compass <laughs> is delusional. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like I say, we, we mentioned it earlier on. I think all three of us agreed on the fact that, you know, football fans as a whole, we can't have it both ways. We can't, you know, firstly, obviously not a fan of one of the big six teams, but you can't be a fan of a big six team and say, well, I want so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so in this transfer window, spending hundreds of millions and then at the same time go, well, what's that? You want to move somewhere where you make more money? Whoa, no, thank you. Like, it, it we've yeah. got to a stage where you've got to make compromises because, um, you know, it, as it, if it stays as it is, it's not going to work, put it that way. And so we're either going to see a move to a, 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 a separate league like we nearly have done, and then you'll get all the best players you want, or you'll stick in the leagues you are, but these players, you know, they're demanding money, aren't they? And I think the teams who have gone with the 50 plus one rule, while it does work, these clubs financially can't afford the, the you know, the big, the, obviously they've got some very big players, but the likes of Haaland, etc., they're looking to go elsewhere. Why? Because they're going to get more money. They get more money because these owners have got the money to give them. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, that. It's all about sustainability, isn't it? And if you're demanding hundreds of millions of pounds worth of signings to be sustainable, you need hundreds of millions of pounds worth of revenue. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Super League was set to happen. And that's why these clubs are in so much debt. I mean, with the exception of Manchester United, who were in debt because they were bought by a leverage buyout, Barcelona are in ridiculous amounts of debt. And it's because they pay Lionel Messi 1.3 million euros a week. It's because they pay Antoine Griezmann 600,000 pounds a week, whilst they paid like 150 million euros for his signature. And he said, "Will, at what, what, how, how highly do you value signing the best players in the world compared to how highly do you value your club being run yeah. by good people?" Mm -hmm. And that's the most interesting thing for me is people may say, we want the 50 plus one rule, okay, but that means that whoever you own in the club with will then look at the fans and go, well, we want 50 plus 1% 50 plus of the transfer fee for this player. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, um, it's an interesting situation. Like I said right at the very top of the podcast, I'm interested to see how this is going to unfold. Um, I'd like to think it's going to be you know, the start of great change, but... Yeah. I mean, I think um, any anyone who's who's in these billions, you, you have to realise to get to where they've got to, you've got to be ruthless, and they're not going to stop being ruthless. Um, that that that's just how the world works. Um, and so, like you said, Tom, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to feel sorry for us because they they couldn't really give a shit. Um, yeah, they're just interested in making money because that's just who they are, and fair enough to them. You know that that as much as I hate it, that that's what's got them where they are is how ruthless they are and they'll continue doing that they're not going to start thinking yeah. well you know i do value these lot playing stoke you know it, that's not how they think yeah. they think in a business way and will continue to do that yeah is there any is there anything you want to say on this head because there's, there's a final question i'd really like to ask you all not really um just add on your point about sort of accepting quality of player over 
quality of ownership. Um, I think, like every what every fan, a lot of t- top six fans are fickle, and you know what they see will be the players on the pitch. They won't see what goes on in the boardroom, what goes on, uh, you know, behind closed doors, and therefore they're going to value the players and the performance on the pitch over their ownership at the end of the day. Um, so yeah. yeah. So the final question I want to ask you all, which is probably so it's sort of European Super League, sort of not. Maybe this is they'll go down as moaning history, but I'd like each one of us to make three predictions about the future of football in the next ten years. So we'll start off with you, Ed. Um. Okay. Number one, there will be another threat of a breakaway. Um, yeah. Number two, that breakaway will happen. I see a breakaway. I I, 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 I think that'll happen, and. Uh, I mean, I really want the 50 plus one rule to come in, but I think now Boris has got his PR out of the way. Uh, the chances of that happening are unfortunately very slim. So, number three, um, I think the Glazers will leave Manchester United in the next 10 years. Right. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, well, I guess I reflect Ed's opinion that there will be at least another attempt um, of doing this. And if done. Yeah. If done better, I would say, than this time, you know, getting broadcast companies on board, etc. I think I agree with that. It'll happen. Personally, I don't see any of the owners shifting anytime soon. Um, CEOs, etc. Chairmans may come and go, but the actual owners, I don't think will leave anytime soon. Um, how many have I known there? Is that two or three? I don't even know. Two if we can't. Let's, let's um, say the first one, there'll be another threat. Two yeah. will the owners will still be here, number three. Yeah. So I would say there's just going to be a change in our kind of pyramid system. That's Whether that's because of teams leaving or just in general, the pyramid system as we know it now and love it, most would yeah. say, I think that'll change. Yeah. Um, my three, I mean, my first one's quite similar to Will's. I think the Football League will expand. Um, just looking at the situation at National League level now, it seems, it well... Let's just say it seems acrimonious at best at boardroom level. So I think with the advent of huge clubs for that level anyway, in the likes of Notts County, Rex and being taken over by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney, I think we'll see the Football League grow. Now, whether that's the fifth division, but being in the Football League or maybe uh, 26 team divisions, I don't know. We'll see. Um, My second prediction is that... Uh, the Champions League um, will be overhauled again. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll have the Swiss model in 2024, but I think it'll get bigger, even more grotesque, and will prevent a European Super League, but we'll, we'll technically really have a European Super League in all but name. And my third point, which is probably uh, my most predict... It's more, it's more of a, a bet than a, a prediction, but... Uh, well, that's what a bet is, but anyway... Yeah move past that um my third prediction is that a team that's currently playing beneath the premier league will make it to the champions league in the next 10 years which will prove that uh, there is still some meritocracy in english football i completely agree with that i do see sheffield wednesday in the champions league in 10 years time to be fair see barnsley in it in two years time mate Big yeah Carl's taking us He's taking us all the way. Hopefully not. No, I agree with you on the expansion of the EFL, by the way. I think that'll be great. Um, but yeah, is that? I think I think we've covered everything we wanted to cover there. Um, yeah. You know, oh, good it's, it's been one of the 
Well, one of the biggest football stories in, in decades, this. Um, and it's all moved so fast that, you know, it's been a bit hard to keep up with it. But it looks to be settling down before I'm sure we'll see more drama in the future. Um, as ever, thank you very much for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, and probably somewhere else. Just search us. I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. And, uh, yeah, have a nice day. Ciao. Cheers, guys.